up y'all it's your girl jessica and welcome to plug in today i have the honor and the privilege to introduce y'all to nicole bethany literally one of the smartest people i know and she's going to be talking about justice love and the bible so go ahead nicole and speak please on may 25th 2020 george floyd a 46-year-old black man was executed in broad daylight by four police officers with the names Derek Chauvin, J. Alexander Quang, Thomas Lane, and Tao To, after a nearby Delhi employee called 911 and told the police that Mr. Floyd had bought cigarettes with a counterfeit $20 bill. Known as a gentle giant in his hometown, Houston, Texas, George Floyd was a Christian who loved and served his community the third ward. The murder of George Floyd re-triggered a movement, not only the Black Lives Matter movement across the nation and the entire world with protests and rallies, but a movement that called for everyone in every area, from major corporations and institutions to the church, to be active in the fight against racism and calls for police reform and other strategic actions against racism currently going on. More specifically, a call for an end to anti-blackness in this country and around the world has sparked due to George Floyd's murder. This has been an outcry for justice. Okay, hello. Um, So... Today is um, an interesting day because it's been a week since, about a week since the execution of George Floyd. Um, And there's been a lot of unrest um, going on. So just definitely wanted to just have a conversation with y'all. Um, um, but I, I noticed that a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of, um, a lot of the media, um, every single one of them, they're not really talking about who George Floyd is. And we get into this pattern of just talking about um, George Um, not just George Floyd, but other black men and women who are murdered, um, who are executed um, in the hands of police officers in this country or white people, frankly, in this country. And it's almost as if the media has become so numb to the point that it doesn't even care to talk about the live, the livelihood of the being. So now the being becomes just this black image, another image, um, which is just as problematic um, because it just makes, because then you only see the last image of George Floyd. And there's so many images, images before that that really bring out his humanity and this isn't even being talked about either, but it's so important because he found God after um, he came out of prison. He 
was in prison before. I'm also glad they're not focusing on that. But he was in prison before. Um, and he came out and he, um, according to like um, family and close friends, he was just trying to change his life um, and change his life around. So he decided to follow Jesus, which is so great. Um, and he loved God. And not only did he love God, but he shared that love with other people. A lot of people um, were able to really um, see Jesus through George Floyd, which definitely systemically we can see that that's been, um, that, that image has been trying to be stripped. The image of um, white supremacy tries to make it as though, um, and its goal is to make, and, it, and it's been since slavery and before, to make black people not love God or not feel loved by God, to make them feel as though they're not made in his image, um, to make them feel as though, to make us, excuse me, feel as though we do not belong. Um, we're not children of God, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we are. Those are all lies. But that's what white supremacy perpetuates um, every single time. Um, and so that's why a lot of people are confused about God or question whether God loves us or question why all these things happen to us. And I'm going to get into that later, but it's been happening. It's been happening even in the Bible. Even in the Bible, the Israelites were slaves. And the Israelites, a lot of people don't really talk about this, but historically the Israelites were of darker complexion. Um, right. So it's been happening. But there also was punishment for the wicked because of those acts. And so we're going to talk about it. We're going to get into it. Um, but I did just really want to, you know, emphasize that George Floyd was a person of peace. Um, he wasn't, and none of them are. None of them are just black individuals. Um, and I, 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 I just, I know that he was a, a father um, as well. Um, and so my heart really goes out to his family and his daughter. Um, but it makes me really happy to see that he was a believer and he was a Christian um, because I know that he's in heaven, certainly. You know, the Bible says that the only way to heaven is to be born again. Someone asked that, Nicodemus asked that um, to Jesus. And Jesus said the only way for you to become, the only way for you to get to heaven is to be born again, excuse me, to believe in Jesus. And the fact that he did um, is just so amazing. And I think also just, just also, this also just really amplifies how evil this world is and how that when someone is good, when someone is doing the work of God, the devil gets even more upset, you know? Um, Jessica, you asked a really beautiful question yesterday. Um, and I don't know if you listened to, I sent you a message. You listened to it, yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about it? Because I don't want, I want, I really want this to be a conversation. Do you want to talk about like what I shared with you and um, how that changed your thoughts on everything? Or if it did, like, you know what, you know, 
Okay, yeah. This is what I was confused on because I was I was feeling really hurt yesterday and I was just kind of like, you know, looking through my Bible and you know that verse. Let me let me look to see which verse it was specifically. Isaiah, we can go to it. Isaiah 57. Isaiah Isaiah 53, verse 17 or 54. 54, yep. Yeah. Um, the verse was yes. No weapon formed, I'm going to look it up on my phone. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. So I was getting really upset because I was like, okay, you see all these things happening to everybody going on. And I'm, I'm just kind of hurt because I thought God said, you know, that I was going to be protected. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. But however, my people out here getting hurt, getting shot, getting beat up. Some people out here laughing at it, thinking it's a joke. Cops mm-hmm. trying to make it seem like it's us. So I'm not really understanding what side God's on. That's how I used to feel. I was hurt. And um, that's when Nicole was like, okay, well, you have to truly just read the whole verse. Uh, I'm reading for the New Revised Standard Version. Uh, it's a, no, war, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper, and you shall, con- and you shall confute every tongue that rises against you in judgment. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and their vindication from me, says the Lord. So basically, Nicole was basically saying like, you know, everything that is evil does not come from God. So we can't, well, I guess I'll speak for myself. I can't really be out here appointed to all the bad things that are happening and be like, God, why would you do that? God, why would you do that? Because that's not God, period. So, you know, we can't really be over here like pointing fingers when God's not really doing all that work. If anything, he's protecting us from all the stuff that the devil is still trying to throw at us because like even with the tear gas bombs even with the rubber bullets those bullets could be like silver no rubber at all and they could really be penetrating our skin so even to have the rubber is a blessing so mm. i think what uh what she was saying also just made me realize was just that we have to find the good in these situations we will get like like very deep into a great amount of depression if we do not try to find the blessings that God has sent down uh, for us. And, you know, I know it's hard to do that right now because it just seems like nothing good can come of any of this. But I honestly think that, you know, we just continually have to stay prayed up. We Mm -hmm. have to stay prayed up. And we, like, the devil is gunning for us. And it's so sad, but it's, like, true. But that only told me, uh, basically, off, like, from what Nicole was saying in that message she sent me, that, like, we're about to do something amazing. Let people are about to do something amazing that might change this whole nation, that mm. might change the whole world. And nobody would be trying to stop that if they didn't know it was coming. So I think that honestly means that, you know, if we got to buck up and stay prayed up, then that's what we're going to have to do. If, but we got to get this thing done. And, you know, I don't have the, you know, the cleanest ears. I, you know, I can't hear Jesus right off the bat. But I do know that, you know, he's, his presence is near us. And something grand is coming. And I think that's why he's trying to do his best, like, to protect us. We, we don't see the whole thing. We are, we're only mm. seeing what we see right now. We're only seeing what's happening in our bubbles of states. And, yeah. like, media is posting and if we could take that camera lens and we could zoom out and see what 
what everything is going on that I think it would really, it would bring a little more peace to us that like, you know what, you're trying to be cool and that's hilarious. But at the end of the day, like, I see what you're doing and I'm not going to be played boo boo fool. You're not going to take these images of like disrespect on my people and try to get people more angry. You're not going to do it because I'm not goofy. I see you. I don't get it. Nah. People think we're dumb. People think we're dumb. But I know Michael Todd always say that prayer should not be a last resort. It should be a first response. We definitely need to start with prayer. We definitely need to start with the boom shaboom. Like this is what is going down and it's going down now. So let's pray and ask God to be on our side as we walk these you know, treaded waters, as we tread these waters, as we walk these high mountains and these high valleys, that we're going to make it through. And I think something Nicole also said to me, like, I don't know if she said this earlier or later, but the walk of faith is not an easy peck. I don't see your footprints in these sand. I don't understand. I don't understand. But I don't know what's going on. And God was like, you need to chill. Because before you even walk in this path, I already mapped it out for you. I already walked it out for you. Like, do you see where you're standing right now? I I placed those exact footsteps where you're standing right now. If not, you would be in sinking sand. So I think it's important to know that like, God is with us, no matter what, no matter these troubling, terrible times. Like, we just need to learn how to buck up, pray up, and you know, get ready. Cause we wouldn't be seen as a threat if like we weren't expecting something amazing to happen. Thank you so much for saying everything you said. Um, Yeah, and I love what you said about, um, well, you just also mentioning the point that, you know, you know, George Floyd, for anyone listening, you know, you may be wondering, okay, if George Floyd was a Christian and we just read No Weapon Formed Against Me Shall Prosper, then you really just explained that, you know, you really just went into it and we're like, look, this world is fallen. We live in a fallen world. That's what the Bible says. We live in a fallen world, a world that is against us. The Bible says, <clears throat> and Jesus says this, and it's in um, John. Um, I'm going to find the verse, but it's in John and, and Jesus says, they, because they persecuted me, they persecute you. And, be, and when they're persecuting you, they're not persecuting you, they're persecuting the Jesus within you. So George Floyd wasn't just executed, but the Jesus within him, they were trying to get to that because that light was too bright. And they were trying with all their might to dim it. But little did they know, and this is also what I explained to Jessica earlier, that little did they know that the Bible also says that when the enemy comes up like a flood, God raises a standard. And so they just, those demons just thought, oh, okay, yeah, we're going to send this man to kill him. And this is going to be another black killing. And it's going to be big for a second and then it's going to die. But what they didn't know is that not only will there be justice this time, not only will people, despite the pandemic and corona, they will walk out and march and shout and yell. And I'm going to get into this too. 
and really cause a ruckus. But sometimes a ruckus needs to be caused. But I'm going to get into it like, you know, are we a part of the ruckus and all that stuff. But um, I believe that God allows the ruckus, especially from those that don't even know him, that don't even understand how to really go about this. But he knows what needs to be done to shake this earth. And the fact that George Floyd's case is all over the world, everywhere is talking about it. People are marching in other countries, saying Black Lives Matter in England. You know how important that is? They do not care. You think they don't care about Black Lives in America? They do not care about Black Lives in England. Like at all. Like at all. The Queen does not care about your Black life. Why do you think Megan ran away? But anyway, let me get into it. But, <laughs> get into it, right. But what am I trying to say? Like you said, Jess, and so beautifully, something is happening. There's a shift in the atmosphere. There's already a spiritual shift and they mad and they big mad. And so I love what he said about the importance of looking at it from a broad scale, really looking at everything. Don't just tune into one news station, tune into all of them, even the ones that make you tight. Why? Because the enemy likes to put deception in all of them so we get confused. Or so that our lens is so tightly knit that we're only angry, you know? So really broad, we have to just broaden our, our lens and really see everything and see everything through the lens of Jesus, see everything through the lens of the spirit, you know? Because everything is, everything is spiritual. The Bible says we battle not against flesh and blood, but against spirits principalities of darkness and wickedness, you know? So this isn't a physical fight. Um, and so we're definitely going to get into that today. Funny enough, I, um, <laughs> when I was planning this, last week, the, uh, the topic of love came up. And it was coming up over and over again. And God's doing surgery on my heart. So every time like, he brings up the idea of love, I kind of cringe and I'm like, ah, like that's a little corny, but it's not um, because people don't really know, you know, people don't really know what love is. I didn't really know what love is until like a month ago. Um, and I'm one, and I'm sure we can all attest to this. Like we've all told other people like that we love them. Um, I think we were reading the definition about that the Bible says about love. You know, the Bible says that God is love. He literally is love. And I think people, um, we, we tend to, you know, I'll speak for myself, like, for a long time, like, I heard that since I was, what, two? God is love, God is love. And you're not really, like, processing, and you're not really, like, processing what that actually means. Um, and that, like, God is love is, like, the, that, the, that, that word is him. It's not different from the love we may say to, um, to someone in a romantic relationship. It shouldn't be, but a lot of times it changes. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk about um, today, what love is, and not just in the context of um, intimacy, um, but, but really in the context of justice. Really what the Bible says about it and how and why it's so important to really um, put that in intimacy in our relationships that are familial or friendly, you know, in our workplace, in our school. And again, in justice, 
in fighting for justice, in the fight, at a protest, at a rally, in a meeting, in a conversation. The Holy Spirit, it just, he just definitely just revealed um, to me, you know, that is what I need the body of Christ to do in this moment. And I think it's so interesting that George Floyd just loved. He was hurt by the system so much. And he still was loving. And even when you look at his last breaths, I don't want to look at it too critically because it's a lot. But there's just, there was just something about how he was saying, I can't breathe. How he was really just saying that. You can see that there was just, his heart was just so pure. And God had really transformed that heart. Um, and, you know, um, it just really made me think about, um, how important it is for us as Christians to show that love in these times. Um, and so I'm going to talk about the love, love, but also going to talk about, um, how to pair love with justice. And it's not the same love that um, you know, everyone else talks about. Um, it's, it's not the love that people advertise on social media and talk about um, outside. This love is um, very unfamiliar to a lot of individuals, which is why people get hurt in love because they don't understand what God, who is love, the maker of such thing, who he is that, they don't understand what he says about that. Um, so just want to quickly go to 1 Corinthians 13. This whole thing is juicy. So I'm going to just stop. I'm going to just stop. Um, after it talks about um, what love is. So I don't know if y'all have your phones, but I want, you know, the folks listening to really understand this and the message version on the Bible app. Do y'all all have the Bible app? Mm-hmm. If we could read from that, because um, it just, like, really just hits it on the on the nail. Like, my, I told my mom way back when, when she first bought me a Bible, I said, I don't know what this says. I, I need you mm. to give me a version that I can understand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she got me the message Bible. Yes. Okay. Okay. First Corinthians 13 and one. If I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I'm nothing. <laughs> if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burnt as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Yeah. So let's talk about it. What do y'all think? First of all, I love the Message Bible. I know. It, 
it's really just saying you can't do anything without love. You can't, you're not going to be able to make it anywhere. You're not going to be able to do what you want to do. You're not going to be able to have that, that one thing that you're longing for if you don't have love in your heart. And what you said before, God is love. If you don't have love, you don't have God. Period. So. Yeah. And that really just adds everybody who thinks they can be Christian, but also be racist. Ooh. There's no way for you to be racist if you have love. Mm-hmm. I was watching this. Ugh, they were just, they're just beautiful. Um, and they're part of like the resources that I'm going to give y'all. Um, these two pastors in Dallas. And they were talking, and they're white. But they were just talking from such a place of honesty and rawness. That's what they were saying. They were saying, when you love the Lord, when you pursue God, there's no way for you to actually be racist because racism is sin because it goes against the, um, the, the great commandment that Jesus gave, which was love your neighbor. Because, you know, the disciples were like, what's the best commandment? And, God, and, and Jesus was like, look, the best one is to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Um, and people constantly are breaking that. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And here we can read the importance of love. Um, and, um, yeah, it, it's just, yeah, so they were saying, excuse me, so they were just saying how, you know, how in Romans, Romans 12, 2, it talks about the transformation, the metamorphosis that happens when you accept Jesus into your heart, when you surrender. Um, and so that sin, racism, that's a part of it. That's a part of, that's a part of what gets changed, what you get delivered from, um, what transforms out of you. You begin to look more like Jesus. That's good. You want me to keep reading? Yeah, sure. Okay. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Hey, that's good. Hold on. I'm gonna... <laughs> okay. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled head, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others, marking that too, Uh, doesn't revel when others grovel, takes pleasure in the flowering of truth, puts up with anything, trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going to the end. Uh, Love never dies. Inspired speech with uh, will be over someday. Praying in tongues will end. Understanding will reach its limit. We know only a portion of the truth and what we say about God is always incomplete. But when the complete arrives, our incompletes will be canceled. When I was an infant at my mother's breast, I gurgled and cooed like any infant. When I grew up, I left those infant ways for good. What? When I was a child, I acted and spake as a child. What? Oh my gosh. Sorry. Sorry, viewers. <laughs> um, but for right now, until that completeness, we have three things to do to lead us toward that consummation. Trust steadily in God, hope unswervingly, love extravagantly. And the best of the three is love. This is good. This is so good it's on so, so good. many different levels. You want to talk about it? Well, for me personally, I, um, 
so I was talking to my friend about like relationships and why past relationships haven't worked and whatnot. And I literally said, I think God is trying to tell me something. I, I think there isn't enough God in these people and he's keeping me from them for, for that reason alone. And this whole chapter is a confirmation of that. And it's not, and I'm not putting all the blame on the, on the other people because some of it is myself too. I, I miss these signs. Love is not this, love is not that. And I'm, I'm the type of person to be like, well, I mean, it's like 60% this, so like it can fly. Like, no, it's not it. <laughs> it's not it. Um, and if, if it's real, it, it, everything that is stated in this chapter will be checked off. I won't have to go the extra mile to, to, to look for what I think is right. It'll be right there. Um, and for, most importantly, it will have God in, at the core, at the center of that. Amen, so. y'all. What? <laughs> oh, my God. That is why I was hooping and hollering everybody. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, especially the list, because the list really slaps you. Remember the first time I read the list? That was God calling me out. It's just so interesting. That's why I really wanted to read the message version because love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut, doesn't have a swelled hand, doesn't force itself on others, isn't always me first, doesn't fly off the handle, doesn't keep score of the sins of others. And I think that's a really important one for us. And I'm really going to talk about something that might like make us cringe, but like I think it's important as Christians. Um, we recognize the importance of forgiveness in this whole thing. Um, and that's a hard t- subject to talk about. It's a little icy. Um, but I feel very much so that the Holy Spirit wants me to just say that. That, you know, and, and I think, Mariah, you were just saying this, that, you know, we need to know what love is in order to, you know, to to really do certain things. And one of it is to really, you know, tackle justice. You know, you need love, but you need this love. And each and every one, each and every thing that is said here, that God is saying, you know, is is inclusive of that. That doesn't keep score of the sins of others is inclusive of that. And, um, Jessica was talking about this yesterday, um, you know, Michael Todd's sermon um, called Racial Reconciliation. Anyone listening, you can go look at that. Um, And, you know, he said some stuff that, like, made me cringe. But that's how I knew it was the Holy Spirit, because it wasn't to make me feel good. But it also was healing me in a way which is, you know, that is the word of God. The word of God heals, but it also convicts, you know, because that's what we need. Um, And so um, he was just talking about the same thing, about how we have to be able to love and we have to be able to forgive and not make assumptions. It just seems like, it seems as though because every, we always see different cops. I should really talk about, you know, law enforcement officers. But let's be real, because we also did see an Amy Cooper, who was a Karen. Lord help me. But, I mean, you know, but, but, but like, it seems like it's just everywhere, you know? It seems like 
okay. And, 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 you know, and one thing I will say is, you know, you think, oh, okay. Because some people were saying, were surprised that, you know, Amy Cooper, who also, just for some context, Amy Cooper is a, um, a white woman who was in Central Park and she had her dog unleashed. New York City has a very big rule about um, leashing your dogs. Um, and she was not complying to the rule. A black man was jogging, had been jogging or whatever. He was in the park. Can you follow the rules? Basically, he's like, can you please put a leash on your dog? Um, and she threatened to call the cops on him. Um, and so people were surprised, like, you know, oh, um, is, isn't, um, is, you know, she's in New York. Like, that's really surprising that that happened there. No, it's not. And that's what we really have to talk about, too, is, like, it, like, it's, it doesn't matter. And that's why, also, on the flip side, we can't even just make assumptions. So we can't make assumptions on the other side. Oh, this person's from New York. Oh, they're liberal. Oh, they're this, or they're that. We can see clearly, you know, that that doesn't matter. It's not about party. It's not about who you affiliate yourself with. Just because you are a registered Democrat doesn't mean you don't still struggle with that sin. It's a sin. And that's how I want to really be talking about it. Because it's not, um, it's not this physical thing that we can see. It, the action of racism manifests physical consequences. That, that and that sin, you know, sin is not something you can tangibly see, but the consequences of it you physically can see, and that's and that's what's going on here, and that's what's been going on. Um, so, yeah, but even then, I heard that the, you know, the 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 actual guy, because everyone was like, oh, she's a Karen, oh my gosh, you know, and just like really being upset, um, me included, and people were like. Um, I think sending her um, death threats and a whole bunch of stuff, the actual guy, that man that was actually being threatened was telling, asking people to stop. And I was like, what? And it really just showed, you know, like, we can't fix this if we're always mad too. Which is annoying because... We're mad for good cause. And God understands that. But that's also why he sets us as Christians apart. And that's why when people are chastising those that are very angry, uh, are making it seem as though what they're doing is wrong, them yelling in the streets, them screaming, um, even the, the riots, of course, I mean, we're finding out that there's more to those things, but um, at least the first instances anyway of, of chaos. Um, you know, we, have, we really, like I've been saying, we really have to remember that those people, they don't know what love is. They don't know love, going back to that love. They don't understand also that God, the same God that is love, loves us, which is insane um, because there's, that means that because he is love, there's no way for him to not have every single one of these attributes. So he never gives up on us. His goal is for every child on the earth 
to be with him in heaven, to be saved, to also on the earth experience justice and righteousness and also experience blessings and also experience favor, but also experience just true love and understanding that and understanding that there's comfort and rest in that. And he doesn't give up on those people. Um, And that's why we're here. And that's why we're supposed to be sharing the word because we're supposed to be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, Um, he doesn't care more about himself than us. He came as himself in physical form as a baby in a crusty manger Nobody likes to say that it was crusty, but it was crusty. Like, imagine poop on the floor, right? Goat poop at that. I don't know if you guys ever smell goat poop, but that's disgusting. And he could have aligned himself. He could have came anyway on a a ladder, walking down from heaven, being like, bow down and worship me, y'all. I'm here. But he didn't. He decided, no, I'm going to come in a humble way, because it's, that's just how he is. That's just how he is. That's just his nature. Um, he doesn't strut, like it says here. He doesn't strut. He didn't strut. He doesn't have a swelled head, all those attributes. That's what love is. And, it's, and, and I really just desire, like you were saying, Mariah, um, I mean, I can keep, bro, I can keep going. Like, I've never even looked at this before. This is the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, it, it isn't always me first. We can look at so many instances where Jesus puts others before him, you know, um, and how he teaches us to do that. And what I love about the word, what I love about God is that everything he tells us to do, he's already done. That's why he's telling us. It's not like he's sitting on a seat being like, do this, do that, do that. And a lot of people get mixed up with that. But what he's really doing is saying, no, I did all these things on the earth so that you know that it's possible for a human being to do that. The Bible says that he was fully man and fully God when he was on the earth. He did that so that we know as humans to look at Jesus as an example, not just as a martyr. He's not a martyr. He's alive, you know? He's just not on the earth right now. And he left his spirit for us to be the hands and feet of him, you know? Um, And so even the part where it says he doesn't keep a score of the sins of others, Jesus, God does not count your sins when you're redeemed. Um, and so that's also for my Christian folk listening as well. He doesn't, he doesn't count your sins. Once you ask for forgiveness, he literally forgot it. Like he just like doesn't. And also he's just not a God that he really, really detests sin. So he can't even like think about it. Like he can't even like, so God's not here thinking about what you did last night over and over again, like, wow, like, I can't believe my child did that last night. Once you ask for forgiveness, once you have a repentant heart, um, and once you're, you know, covered by the blood and covered by grace, the beautiful thing about his love is that he doesn't even remember those things. And so we can look at that in our lives and, like, when people do us wrong, it's so hard. We live in a culture that's very cancel culture, very, um, very contrary to the word of God, really. It's cancel culture. It's this person made a mistake, boom, leave them alone. Um, this person did me dirty. I need to tell them that I really hate them right now. I need to, tell, I need to let them know that not only did they hurt me, but I'm going to hurt them back. All these things, it's just not, um, it's not of God, you know? And God understands why we feel that way. 
you know. Um, but at the same time, I, I, I really do love just looking at um, how each and every one of these attributes really just reflect who God is. Um, and even Jesus, again, who was fully man and fully God, even when he was going up to the cross and he was crying in the Garden of Gethsemane, he trusted God always. He trusted his father, his, his heavenly father. Um, he trusted him. He trusted that the plan would work. You know, he was in there. He said, he was praying. He said, Father, if it's possible, take this away from me. Because even he had to die for others. And I just parallel, and it makes me like so emotional to think about how God is a God that really understands firsthand what George Floyd went through, you know? And I wish people understood that. I wish everyone was able to really understand, and, and, that's, and that's our role, that's, that's what we're here for, to tell people that Jesus was wrongly convicted too, over and over again. And yet the Barabbas, who was a revolutionary, who was, um, who from causing a riot in protest, this is Bible, this is not me, Barabbas in the Bible, who in protest caused a riot and accidentally murdered someone because of it. Look at how just we literally can, that is what's going on y'all like right now. Jesus died for Barabbas. And the image of Barabbas being set free, Barabbas was, um, was, was, you know, placed next to Jesus. And Pilate said, y'all, who do you want to be let go? This man did absolutely nothing, but y'all want to crucify him. And this man literally just murdered someone. Who do you want to let go? And they all were like, free Barabbas. And when you really think about it, they said free Barabbas because it was a part of God's plan to make sure that Barabbas received grace. That even though he just murdered someone, like fresh just murdered someone, Jesus would physically still die in his place. He is a physical example of Jesus dying for us. Jesus died for Barabbas. He literally took his place. Um, and so when we are going to, and, that, and, and that's just really true justice. But that only happened because he trusted God. And not to say that there weren't times of where he was afraid or when he was frustrated in the Bible, we can go, oh, we can go, we can be here for months talking about just like how, you know, Jesus got angry and got upset, but still with it, there was love. And, and still, you know, when he was afraid, there was still love at the forefront. And when love is at the forefront, you understand why you're doing this, why you're doing something. You understand your purpose. You understand um, where, why and where God is placing you. And even though he was honest, and Jessica, you've said this a couple times too, it's important that we were transparent with God, you know, because God understands this. Um, and so Jesus being like, I can, can, can we like, do, can we change it a little, you know, like, because he was, he, you know, he was scared and like, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be scared. Um, but the Bible tells us not to fear, you know, and God doesn't give a spirit of fear, but of love and a sound mind. And, um, you know, 
even though he was scared, he didn't let that consume him. Even though he was angry, he didn't let that consume him. Um, and it's because of God's love that he was able to, you know, it's because of God's love and the love that he had um, for everyone, you know, that really propelled him to go forth and say, no, I, this, I have to do this. This is my purpose, you know, because if I don't, Barabbas will be executed. You know, if I don't, we won't be here. If I don't, people that are in the streets right now won't know that there's actually a savior who understands firsthand what they're going through, but yet still loves them and doesn't condemn what they're doing because they don't know and understands what they don't know. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode titled Black Lives Matter, Justice and Love, question mark. We have a part two for you because the conversation was just getting juicy. We're not even, we're not even there yet, y'all. So please stay tuned for Black Lives Matter, Justice and Love, question mark, part two. Mm